Hello, fellow listeners. Welcome to Food for Thought, where we inspire you to think and feed you knowledge that can be applied to your everyday life. I'm your host, Juan Cruz. And today's a special podcast because we have this podcast that is being sponsored by Bon Appetito Restaurante. And it's an amazing restaurant. You should truly check this out. I don't know if you know, but we have one of the biggest casinos in the world. No, wait, I take that back. We have the biggest casino in the world, which is Foxwoods, which is not just gambling. There's a lot of other different things that you can do there, too, from restaurants to shopping to this like mall that's there. I mean, tons of things. They have a beautiful Pequot Museum where it shows you the history of the pilgrims and the Indians. But along the way to Foxwoods, there is this beautiful restaurant, and this is being sponsored by this restaurant, which is Bon Appetito. You should check them out. It's an amazing place. They are authentic Italian. I mean, amazing. I was I was just in Italy twice this last year. And let me tell you this. There are so many things that are so close. They have a fine selection of wines. I mean, uh, outdoor I mean, these people are amazing. Uh, just the stuff that they come up with is beautiful. The restaurant is beautiful. Everything is truly gorgeous. If you ever want to check them out, you can uh, check out their website at bonappetitorestaurante.com. Okay, so it's bonappetitorestaurante.com. The address is 386 Norwich Westerly Road in North Stonington, Connecticut. Now, Sundays, they're open from 12 to 9 p.m. They're closed Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. They're from 3 to 9. Thursdays, 12 to 9. And Fridays and Saturdays from 12 to 9.30. Check them out whenever you get the chance. Truly an amazing, amazing restaurant. So let's kick this podcast off. I was having a conversation with a young boy that came into my business and this young boy began to complain about everything. I mean, he was talking about the government uh, problems, that the, the laws, politics, gentrification, uh, the, the, the schooling, uh, families, how they corrupt and destroy the Hispanic and the black communities. You know, and, and I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and deny that these things do happen, Okay. I don't want to be one of those people that denies uh, that these things happen. But I also don't like being the person that blames absolutely everything on the government, on politics. We have to bear some responsibility here. I want to make this clear. We have to take some responsibility for the actions that we do. So this is what this podcast is going to be about. It's about the generational sins that are committed. Many times when we do things, we always speak about uh, about how the government and how they destroy us and how they take away our freedom. And, and you know, you see this constantly within Hispanics and black uh, communities where you see that it's generational, you know, uh, where you have a father that goes to jail and then that father comes out of jail and he's in and out of jail. And one of those times where he's in and out of jail, he ends up having a, a child outside of wedlock, right? 
then that child is raised only by the mother because this man is in jail most of the time. Now this mother has to, you know, work 60, 70 hours just to be able to support the family, just to be able to give them a roof to live, um, to be able to feed this child, to be able to clothe him, to take him to school. Now, in those days, obviously, whether we like to accept this or not, you know, DCF, uh, you know, Department of Child Protection, whatever it is that it's called in your state, that social services, you know, whether they like it or not, this is the truth. There's moms out there that have to raise their children and they can't do it without working and they have to leave their kid alone or they have to leave their kid without with a babysitter that is a, a crappy babysitter. They're terrible. So what begins to happen now, this child ends up growing up and as he grows up, he doesn't have his father to instill moral character or the mom to teach him love. So he doesn't get neither moral character nor love, which are essential pieces to a child's growth. So what ends up happening, this kid grows up with no moral standards in life and ends up breaking laws and ends up destroying things. And he ends up one day looking for love, the love of his mother, the love of the father, ends up having a relationship with a girl. And after he has a relationship with a girl, he ends up impregnating her. But then he's also living the same life that his father taught him to live. So what does he do? Because he can't get a job, he gets desperate, and then he ends up going to break into somebody's house or smokes weed or does something where he gets himself into jail. Now, you have this, this continuous cycle of, uh, of generations that continue in jail. And the same thing happens all over again with now the child that he just had. And then it starts back up again. And then it continues over and over and over and over and over again. Now, up to a certain point, we can blame and say, okay, the government, politics, laws, senators, congressmen, whatever it is that you want to call it, they have a fault. But up to a certain point, you have to say to yourself, this is my fault, because if you don't this will always continue. Laws won't save you. You can go around blaming government, politics, who knows, whatever it is that you want to call it. You can go around pointing the finger constantly and saying, they screwed up my life. They did this. But the truth is they never took the drugs and put them in your mouth. They never made you have sex with the girl. And yes, yes, in some ways, you know, you do have these difficulties and this was all burdened upon them from you know, going back all the way to the 1800s from enslavement and whatever it is that you want to call it, or the Hispanics with immigration, and this wouldn't have happened if they would have just let them in legally, so on and so forth. But the truth is, up to a certain point, you have to bear the responsibility. Because if you don't like the sins that are being committed and you don't like the frustrations or the things that are happening, well, then you have to say to yourself, somebody must cut this in. They must stop this moment from happening over in the vicious cycle. Because, you know, um, there's this interesting story in the book of Exodus. In the book of Exodus, it says that for the sins that you have committed, your children and, the, and your, and your uh, 
and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and every generation to come after that shall be cursed because of the sins that you've committed. And it's interesting because this happens. You know, you do something, as I had just explained earlier, this cycle continues over and over. And you say to yourself, even if you hide it, you can try as hard as you want to hide these sins from your children. You can go get high and never let them see that you get high. You can go and gamble and they'll never know that you were a gambling addict. You can go and get drunk and they never see you drunk. But there's microaggressions, there's micro characteristics that exist inside of you that will always lurk. And subconsciously, your kid will always catch these little microaggressions or these little characteristics that you have. And what do you think is going to happen? Because they have found that to be a normal character, these normal microaggressions that come out, <clears throat> what they're going to do is one day they're going to meet up and be friends with these type of people because that's where they feel more comfortable around. Because that's where they've gotten to know comfort, which is within you. <clears throat> now, what begins to happen? Eventually, this friend comes out and says that he's a drug addict because he has the same characteristics of a drug addict because that's what your father is. This is a drug addict. And eventually, he gets to know this and he becomes a drug addict. Because this is the way that sins work. As much as you want to try to hide it from your children, they will learn this. They will do the very things that you do. As much as you try to escape it, you could be a father that runs away for life and they say, oh, it's in your genetics. No, it's just the way that your mother, then the what, whatever the mother taught him to be or whatever the, who knows, you know what I mean? The, the mother uh, explained to him what kind of life he was and in some ways projected him into that future because of explaining your father, father was a drug addict and eventually he feels like in some ways, you know, because my father was a drug addict, that's what I'm going to become. And in some way he propels himself and catapults himself in that direction because it gets stuck in his head. But <clears throat> we see this, we see that in our lives, this constantly happens. So what do you do? You know, this is the image of Christ. It's to say that all the sins came to him. <clears throat> and imagine him being the son of God. He could have at any moment come out and just struck lightning on a human being. I mean, I bet you if he would have prayed to God, God, like give me the power to just strike lightning onto these fools, these imbeciles. But he doesn't. You know, it says, it's interesting because when Christ, you see the image of Christ and you always see him with this little cloth all over him. You know, he wasn't crucified with a cloth. He was crucified completely naked. It said that when he was taken by the soldiers and beaten, it was more than just being beaten, scourged on the pillar. It was so much more than that. They said that he was abused too. A lot of the Roman soldiers in these times, I mean, these Roman soldiers in those times, they were savages. They were animals, orangutans, monkeys, whatever they could have sex with, they would. And they would some, many times they would do this with these soldiers that they were being crucified, that they were being punished, that they could do whatever it is that they wanted to them. <clears throat> and this is what happens with Jesus. But we as human beings, we put that mantle just to kind of put some modesty onto Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ was never crucified with this little cloth 
over him. He was crucified completely naked. But it says that Jesus doesn't go and strike back anger with anger. It says that he stops and he lets all sin stop there. So whatever anger was thrown at him, he didn't continue that to the next generation, that generation continued to the next generation. No, it says all sin stopped there. It died there. And in the end, a new Christ was arisen. So it says that Christ resurrected. And this is us. This is us. This is our image. It's to say that you can bear the burden of what your father's committed. And, and, and I encourage you, let it go. Stop blaming everybody for the pathetic things that you do in your life. It's one thing to say, my father is at fault at all this. The government is at fault at all this. But when you hit 40 years old, do you know how pathetic it sounds? I tell you because I listen to this every single time that I hear these stories come out. I have 45-year-olds, 42-year-olds telling me the same pathetic stories over and over and over again. And it's, it's kind of like you feel sympathy for the 16-year-old, the 19-year-old, even the 21-year-old, the 22-year-old. But then when you're 50 years old and you're still crying about the same garbage, you look at them with such pity. And if I'm doing it, I, I guarantee you everyone else does this too. And if they don't, it's because they can't see that far into it. But truly, it's, it's pitiful to see because you have these excuses, but what happens when your dad dies? I mean, what happens when the government and the laws change? I mean, and you're still the same crappy human being, right? Because you say to yourself, well, it got done to me, so I'm going to do it to somebody else. And maybe you don't do this consciously, but subconsciously, this is what you do. Because if you, if you didn't want to do it, right, whether consciously or subconsciously, and you weren't doing this on purpose, right, you would just stop, but you don't. You continue to do this over and over and over. Your father is a gambler, so you gamble. Your father was a drug addict, so you're a drug addict. Your father was a drunkard, so you're a drunkard. Vice versa, the sin continues over and over. And who, who gets affected? Your child gets affected. And do you think that the sin stops there? You think it stops with your children? Then it moves on to the grandchildren. Then it moves on to the great-grandchildren. You know, it's interesting because... As Christians, we believe that in the evangelization, to evangelize the good news, the gospel, of the risen Christ, is to change the trajectory of many generations to come. It's interesting to think about that, that you evangelize and you always do it to the next generation, to the next generation. Because imagine, imagine a mother and a father a guy goes and knocks at the Christ, at a at a at a couple's door and these two Christians are knocking at your door and you decide ah I'm not going to listen to them right the mormons the jehovah witness whatever it may be you say I'm going to blow them off because religion is dumb and all this is stupid but obviously your life isn't that good maybe you're listening to this podcast and you say to yourself well my life is good maybe this doesn't work for you but for those of you who do listen to this podcast and maybe your life isn't so great. You deny the Jehovah Witness. You deny the Mormon. You deny the Christian. You deny the Protestant. Whatever it is that you're, 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 whoever you're trying to deny. But ask yourself this question. Is my life really better without them? Is it? 
You know, a lot of people ask these questions, you know, I want to homeschool, I want to do this, and but can you do better than the teachers can? I want to cut my child's hair because I'm going to save money. Yeah, but is it worth it in the long run when your, when your child takes pictures, the school pictures, and he looks like garbage and everybody makes fun of him and he gets bullied at school because of his how his hair looks? I don't know. Maybe this is just me and my inner child talking. But still, my point to you in this is, is, is it worth it? I mean, you deny these religions, but what if these people change your life forever? Think about this. You and your wife are pissed off at each other, constantly arguing and, you know, grumbling about the dumbest things in the world, about chips, not understanding that it's something much deeper than just the chips that got left on the table or the cup that was left in the sink or your socks that are on the floor. It's the fact that you look at pornography or you're doing who knows what. But you deny these people and you say, I don't need religion. But what if those people could change the trajectory of your life where before you were heading straight towards a comet, but now they take you and move you just by 0. 0.0003 degrees and now you've missed the comet. Now, you know, the apocalypse is not nowhere near you. And now that love can be passed on to your child and your child grows up in a completely different way. And then he passes it on to your great grandchildren and so on and so forth. You know, it says that, you know, you're cursed for seven generations, but you're also blessed for seven generations. And you have to look at that in yourself, too, because the Christian does believe this. He believes that when you commit a sin, that you don't just affect yourself, you affect every single person around you. It becomes a community. It becomes like a ripple effect, like a pond in a water. You just drop a rock and just massive waves continue on. These little, small, little waves, not massive waves, these small, little waves. I mean, I guess it would be massive if you're like a cricket, but whatever. But these small, little, like, ripples happen in the water. This is the same thing, you know, it's the, the story of these Israelites when they're fighting the wars and God tells them, don't take nothing, don't steal anything, don't take any women, don't do anything. And one man decides to take one thing and everybody is now being cursed and they're losing wars and bad things are happening to them. And then eventually they figure out that one man had taken something from the land when God had told them no. So the sin's affecting everybody, that the sin that he committed. I mean, this is us too. I mean... We forget the fact that you're an atheist. Let's, let's forget religion. Let's forget anything about ourselves. Let's forget the fact that we believe if there's a God or there isn't a God. We're Jehovah Witness. We're Protestants. We're a community within ourselves split across time. And who you are today, the sins that you commit today, affect the you that exists five years from now, two years from now, or two days from now. Everything that you do affects you two, three days from now, two, three years, 10, 20, 40 years from now. I mean, this generational thing is crucial in our society. You don't understand how much it affects everyone else that comes after you. There was a studies that was done where they took these rats and they began you know, the, these, these little rats, these female rats would have babies. And 
when the little babies were breastfeeding, what they would do is that they would adjust themselves so that each one of the babies could kind of feed, right? These mother rats. Now, what they did was, is wherever it was that they were having the, they were feeding the babies in these little cubicles that they had them in. One day, they decide that they're going to take these these cubicles and make them just a little bit smaller. So it's harder for the mother to be able to adjust. So what happens? Eventually, the mother can't adjust. And when she can't anymore, what do you think happened with the children? The baby rats that grew up and had the females that had their own baby rats, even if they had the space, they stopped adjusting themselves. And it continued on. Every single descendant from that rat stopped adjusting themselves from there on out. This is us. Everything that you do, every time that you get mad and you can't control that impulsive side that exists within you and you decide to flip out on your mother, on your father, on your brother and your sister and this, this impulsiveness that exists as a woman or as a man and you think that it looks so cool when it doesn't, it looks terrible. You think that it's your way to kind of like beat your chest and show that you're stronger. You know, this is what we do when we yell and we scream out in public or you're screaming or you catch an attitude in public. It's the way to, you know, like monkeys, gorillas will do this. They beat their chests real hard to kind of, you know, scare and show that you got power. But sometimes those gorillas that beat their chest and scream real loud, you know, sometimes they're nothing. They actually get beat up by the other silverback gorilla. And you think it, it's like it looks cool or because your friends and everybody else does it. So that's why you do it too. But really it looks, you look childish. Now, what do you think happens? Look at yourself in the mirror every time that you do that and think about these moments and say to yourself, if my child were to do that, how would I feel? And don't lie to yourself and sit there and say, well, I would want my child to stick up for himself. Yeah, in some sense, you'd want to stick up for them. But there's certain ways to be able to handle yourself in scenarios where society will respect you a lot more and you'll get things that you want a lot quicker instead of acting like that. These impulsive attitudes, they get passed off to your children and your children pass them off to your great-grandchildren. And then one day you're an older 60-year-old and you're seeing your great-grandchildren and you're in the store with them and they're screaming and yelling at the top of their lungs. I mean, what do you think? You think that this all came because you didn't do nothing? You taught this to them. This, everything that we do becomes a massive ripple effect everywhere. You see this even with the way that we eat. You know, in America, we have a, such a high rate of diabetes. You know why it's not in these small little villages in Africa? Because they don't got sugar. That's why. Over here in America, we have massive amounts of sugar. Why do you think the Puerto Ricans and the Mexicans have, have high levels of heart attacks and liver problems? Well, because of all the food that they eat with such high cholesterol. I mean, we pass uh, these, these diabetes, these heart attacks, they become generational things. A grandmother teaches, a, 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 you know, the daughter how to cook and the daughter teaches the great granddaughter and the, you know, the granddaughter how to cook and so on and so forth. 
I mean, that's why all the Mexicans will eat a certain style of food because where do you think it came from? It came from generations and generations of people teaching them how to cook and them learning, you know, what to eat and the recipes. So why do you think a majority of Mexicans have liver problems and heart attacks and diabetes? Because it's in the food that they eat that's being taught for generations. It works the same way with our sins. There's massive ripple effects. And at some point, you have to stop being a child and become a man. You know, it's the image of Christ. Just like Pontius Pilate, after he's, he beats and has Jesus Christ beaten, you know, at, scourged at the pillar. You know, if you look in the Gospels, at one point, Pontius Pilate looks at Jesus and he says, this is man. Well, be a man. Become the man that you want to be. Pray. Ask God to give you this strength. Sometimes you can't do this on your own. I'll be honest with you. But become this man. Bear the burden for every generation to come. Think about this. Maybe nobody credits you. Nobody will ever know it was you, but who cares? You'll know that you were a pivotal point in the history of your bloodline. You can be the point that every generation becomes educated, grown, uh, learns to bear burden, learns to confront the suffering. Not like these new, soft, weak generations that are growing up in this new society that can't suffer, that can't be yelled at, that can't be spoken to. You'll be the one that changes the trajectory of where you're going for the next seven generations to come, that you'll be able to look at the great-grandchildren that are being educated, that are going to college, universities, getting good jobs, living better lives, being respectful to their daughters, to the husbands, to the wives, and saying, that I was a part of. I was an instrument, I, I was a tool to this moment. Because if not, everything else will continue back to the way that you're acting. We all seek something better. We all want something better. But going around blaming everybody for everything, trust me, that gets you absolutely nowhere. That's the victim mentality. It's called the martyr complex. And all that does is the martyr complex is just a reason for you to excuse the failings of your life because you're a failure. Except you're a failure. Whoever listens to this podcast right now and goes, well, Juan, some people don't have, you know, the parents, this. Well, fine. YouTube it. Listen to this podcast. You're listening to it right now. YouTube. Listen to Jordan Peterson. Pick up the Bible. Read it. Go into a church and listen. You say to yourself, well, there's so much corruption in the church. Well, geez, you think you're so much better than all the corruption that exists in there? You're probably part of the corruption too. Do you think that your life is so much better waking up every day, going to work? And then what? Coming back home to watch an hour, two hours on Netflix to then take a shower, to go back to sleep, to wake up, to go to work, to do it all over again. And the average human being doesn't make more than $100,000 in the world. America is considered in the top 10% of the richest people in the world. You could be the poorest human being. You could make $30,000 and you're considered the top 10 richest people, 
top 10% of our population of the richest people of the world. So it's like, what are you? What do you do? It's like, how can you make excuses? It's like, okay, so you're going to live this vicious cycle of your life, going every day, waking up, going to work, to what? To never be able to get out of debt, to never be able to live completely free, to never, you know, to, to, to live debt free. You're going to have to work every day for the rest of your life. And what are you doing every day? You're doing absolutely nothing. You're going nowhere. You're stagnant in muddy waters. Be the person that bears the burden that you stop blaming your mother and your father for the weakness that you are. Fine, you're weak. It's okay. Accept it. Because the sooner you accept that you're a weak, useless human being that exists in this world, the sooner you can begin to ask God to seek help, to begin to, to educate yourself. You say, oh, well, the, the school systems doesn't have great education. Well, fine, educate yourself. Pick up some books and read. Well, my parents never taught me. Well, now you know. Now discipline yourself. Wake up every morning at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. and build a good habit. And once you build a good habit, you'll be able to do better in your life. You know what I mean? Begin to, to discipline yourself to do things. And once you build that discipline, you'll slowly start off. You know, this is a problem. When you set out a task in your life, don't set out a task that becomes so massive. Aim low. I'm going to make a podcast about this, about starting something and finishing it. It's going to be the next one that comes out. But, but don't let these don't let the generations behind you affect who you are projected to be in the future. The future hasn't come yet. You still can rewrite everything. You still can write down how this is going to pan out. It's not there yet. So with this, I hope that you all check out Bon Appetit Restaurante. Hopefully you can change the trajectory of your life and live a better way so that you can make a decent amount of money at least enough that you can work hard to be able to get yourself to this restaurant it's an amazing place you definitely should check it out <clears throat> this place bon appetit bon appetito restaurante and pizzeria i don't know i'm probably screwing up the italian but it's an it's an amazing place if you ever want to check it out bonappetitorestaurante.com it's in 386 Norwich Westerly Road in North Stonington, Connecticut. And it's amazing. I mean, these people lived in Italy. I mean, it's not like they're just some regular Joe Schmoes that are Italians that never been to Italy or learned maybe some few recipes from their mom's cooking and then decided they wanted to open up a restaurant. No, they truly have a passion for this. You walk into their restaurant you look at everything and everything you see that they put massive detail in how they set themselves up. They're a 4.5 star rating on TripAdvisor. If that doesn't tell you much, I don't know what does. When, I, when you go out to restaurants and you go to choose a place, look for anything above like a 4.2 if you really want to be impressed. Okay? This is like a good key role. Look for a place that has over 100 reviews. That's one of my like go-to things. If I'm trying to go out to a place, I'm in a new city, I'm doing a new thing with my wife, I always look for a place that has no less than 100 reviews, right? 
and that has 4.0 or higher. And if I want like a really nice place, I'm like, ah, all right, let's do 4.2 minimum or higher. This place has a 4.5 on TripAdvisor with 460 reviews. If that doesn't tell you that this place is amazing, I don't know what does. And it's right on your way to the biggest casino in the world. Not kinda. No, it's the biggest casino in the world. And while you're visiting Bon Appetito, you can check out the second biggest casino in the world because we have the two biggest casinos in the world and they're not just gambling. Look, you go to Las Vegas and that's a lot of it, shows and gambling. They got shows, they got malls, they got, you know, museums. Show you how the Indians and the pilgrims and the settlers, how they all built their relationships. What more do you want? Connecticut, man, we got it all. Who needs New York and California and Texas and Florida? Connecticut's amazing. It's the Constitution State. It's the establishment of the law. Well, anyways, visit Bon Appetito Restaurante and Pizzeria. It's amazing. If you want to check out their menu, you want to look at the restaurant, see a video of how they have it all set up, it's on bonappetitorestaurante.com. You could just plug in that address and it'll probably pop up right into the website. They're amazing. The people are amazing. The owners are amazing. And they sponsored this podcast. So that tells you everything. Check them out. And until the next episode that will be dropping next week on Wednesday, because it is being sponsored officially. So it will be dropping next Wednesday. God bless.